how to be ready and how to wait. Part 3, the Second Coming Chapel Sermon, number 327, by the grace of God, that represents just in this long series, 327 Saturdays, by the grace of God, we have done this with a few breaks thrown in. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 12 verses 35 through 48. Luke chapter 12 verse 35 through 48. Don't worry about this. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately, immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so Blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. 
But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, allow me to repeat that, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Glory be to God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for <clears throat> the times and seasons of prayer that we've already had throughout this day. And Holy Father God, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word that we just read. It is far deeper than what we even know, even though some of us have read it before. I do pray that you would grant me your unction and your anointing afresh and anew, your freedom and your liberty your understanding and your comprehension of your holy word to preach it in such a way that people will understand it and save themselves from this untoward generation so that they can be ready and can be found so doing when you come. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray for everybody under the sound of my voice in this country and around the globe, for those of us who are saved, for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures, and crucify our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh even tonight and fill us with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would uh, 
grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to live according to your word for those of us who are saved and to be obedient until you come so that we will be found so doing as you spoke about. Uh, Lord, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, and for the comfort of the grieving all around the world. Draw them to yourself for salvation. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would continue to give us a sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. I even pray, Lord, for people like my wife who are religious but lost, family members that are religious but lost. And Lord, help even all of my children to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith to make sure that they're saved. Even though, Lord, you gave me the privilege of leading them to you at the age of seven on their birthdays. And speaking of birthdays, Lord, I praise you and thank you that my baby daughter just turned 19. And uh, we will be celebrating our birthday together along with my baby son, both born uh, during the time that I was born and we've had birthdays together for many years and so Lord we, I thank you for allowing me to see my uh, youngest daughter turn 19 uh, Danielle Elizabeth Breelove White what a tremendous help she has been to her father in the ministry and no doubt extremely faithful and uh, I give you the glory praise and honor and I pray that you will give her many more years of great service to you and Holy Father God, to the, I pray for the people who are under the sound of my voice tonight. I pray the Lord that they will hear your Holy Word and understand it. And that it would inspire them and encourage them to walk by faith and not by sight. And to do your work and to do your will until you come and I pray that they will be found so doing as you spoke about glorify your holy name lift up your holy son the Lord Jesus Christ for it is in his name we pray and for his sake amen ladies and gentlemen uh, dr. Billy Graham
uh, the great evangelist and prophet that God loaned us here on earth with talent on loan from God said Bible teaching and Bible preaching about the second coming of Christ was once thought of as doomsday preaching and sad to say Dr. Billy Graham there are many people who believe that today as well uh, but he said uh, not so much anymore it is the only ray of hope now that shines as an ever-brightening beam in a darkening world. Now, he said that when he was here. Regarding this passage, Dr. Bob Deffenbaugh continues... Thirdly, the good waiter is to be like a devoted servant who eagerly awaits his master's return as if he were coming from a wedding banquet. Jesus did not suggest that the master was himself married but only that he attended the banquet. It was both profitable and delightful activity. A good reason to be gone and even to be delayed in returning. It's okay. The mood then of his arrival would be joyful and festive. The eager servant would be ready, able to immediately open the door to the master, a promised blessing. In verses 37 and 38, Jesus promises blessedness and blessings for those who wait for his return as he has described above. It will be good, blessed for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes to be found so doing so that you can immediately open the door. May God deliver us from Christians who cannot even today immediately open the door. Christians who are living a lie. Christians who are doing things they have no business doing. So when the saints come by even and the pastor comes by they can't immediately open the door because they're doing things and smoking things and with people they ought not to be with. We're living in a day and time, beloved, where the church 
has fallen away deep into the ditch. And like that famous commercial, they're saying in that ditch, I have fallen and I can't get up. Folks, the church, as we know it, has never been in such uh, bad shape. And the sooner you realize it, the better. The sooner you accept it, the better. The church has fallen away. The church has fallen away, way down into the ditch. And they don't even know how to get out. Why? Because they were led by the blind. <clears throat> and they were blind. The blind leading the blind have fallen off into the ditch. In fact, I just completed an article. is on blackchristiannews.com right now. Where I, I've been sharing for years the problem. We have preachers who would rather follow other men than follow God. And so, you don't need to be worrying about whether or not the rapture is going to take place right now. Uh, you're not rapture ready. That's what you need to be concerned about. And that's what God is trying to get you to see. You're not rapture ready, are you? More concerned about yourself than God and Jesus Christ. Not only that, you're not even concerned about your spouse or family members. You're not concerned about the lost. You're concerned about getting what you can get. But you say that you're saved and you're born again. And I would also venture to say, beloved, one of the reasons why so many so-called church folk are in the ditch is because they, have, they are lost and have never been born again. They have never been saved. Okay? So don't be shocked at what is happening today. Because it's been this way for many years. And what I told pastors today, another pastor is being accused of plagiarism. And I said, well, I, don't, I, really, I really don't believe the man in this case is, has plagiarized anybody. I believe he's guilty of the crime and sin of following other pastors. Now, I, I, have, I have preached on this for many years. Okay? This is nothing new. If you are a God-called pastor, your people don't need to hear what uh, another preacher has to say. They need to hear from God through you. Now, if you're not called by God, you need to get out of the ministry. Research is not going to get it in the pulpit. You got to get some revelation from God. We have some good researchers, but we don't have any revelators like John the Revelator. We need revelation from God, not some blog post from some pastor who thinks he's a smarty pants. You understand? 
And that's the problem. And what you have created, because pastors are normally very gregarious. They kind of run, they like to run in packs, and they just kind of lovey-dovey with every with each other. And, 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 and they ask each other, okay, now what did you do about this problem in your church? Oh, okay, I, I might implement that. I'll probably implement that in my church. Okay, now what did you preach, preacher, last Sunday? Okay, I'm going to preach it in my church. So they have created a cesspool of demonic foolishness of trying to preach what each other has preached and do what each other has done in the church and it just swirls around and has stuck up the church and the nation and the world. That's where we are. The blind leading the blind. And, and you know who many of the pastors follow? Not the person who's called to preach by God, but a good researcher, a person who has an analytical mind and can, can write great things that sound like it's original because he has researched. Most other pastors don't even know what research is. They don't know how to do research. And you can do good in research and, and, and make it sound like you got something original when it's not original at all. But nobody else knows it because they don't know how to do the research. And so they go and they run every Saturday night to his blog and see what he's doing and what he's been preaching on. And some steal it word for word. Because they're not called by God to preach. God will burden your heart with a message for your church. And you need to go to the pulpit with that message. Whether it's written down in a complete manuscript. Or just notes. Or no notes at all. The people will be better off and better fed. By listening to you getting a message from God. From the word of God not from some preacher's blog post or a series he's preaching on and you uh, mash it together to uh, be what uh, make it appear you, you, you have uh, put it together and preached it which is plagiarism. And I say to you, all preachers who you are trying, uh, let me just say this first, there's a new thing in the new school of theology that these young preachers have gotten from somebody. Everything you say needs to be original, and that's a lie to hell. So by trying to do that, when the Bible is the same and the Holy Spirit is the same. The only thing that should be different is not what you preach, but uh, the crowd you preach it through to. That's what makes the difference. And how the power of the Holy Spirit uses you, not somebody else. Uh, so that that is a problem. People trying to be original and they 
they end up plagiarizing and lying uh, because somebody else they think said something original. But it, but this is what I wanted to tell you. If you are a preacher, if you are a pastor, and you don't have the wisdom to understand that you should not take somebody else's sermon without giving that person credit, you need to leave the ministry because you, you are probably not a God-called preacher. You're probably just a, a volunteer like Andy Stanley. He said it with his own mouth. He said, I'm just a volunteer. I just, I, I've never really received a call to preach. I just wanted to volunteer. You can volunteer in the church all you want to, but you don't need to be volunteering in the pulpit. We need less pastors who, uh, who are all called by God and let the other people volunteer and serve the Lord in the church. But the pastor needs to be called by God with a burden, with a message. Otherwise, you're going to make a mess of things as he has done. And you say, well, what about all of these big churches and multiple campuses? Some of these people are great businessmen. They, they know how to franchise an operation, an organization. They have a, a business mindset. They just do the numbers and they multiply. I mean, it's, it's nothing. There's no, it's no big thing. What the people, these young preachers are doing today is not, is, 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 is not phenomenal. It's, it's not a big deal. There's some people who can go out into a desert and build a business or a, a, a church set, setting and they just have natural gifts and abilities. And I say that most, listen, listen to me very carefully, with all of their big buildings and all of their degrees and their money, they are huge, massive Laodicean churches. And most of them are just playing a game of keeping the balls in, up in the air. And, and, uh, uh, and, and their goal is to make people happy and not saved and repent and born again and obedient to Jesus Christ in the way that Jesus Christ wants it done. If you love me, keep my commandments. There's nothing, listen to me people, there's nothing going on in many of these churches that look so beautiful. They're big, huge, empty Laodicean churches. They, they, they think they got it going on and they are not hot nor are they cold. They're worse. They're lukewarm and God, Jesus has already spewed them out of his mouth. They're going on not on his power and his juice and his energy. They're going on their natural abilities to run a program that is dead as four o'clock in the morning. See, we all, I mean, let's not, let's not act like we are stupid here. We all know there's something wrong. Just look around. 
We all know that the church is of no effect. We all know that the church is uh, not what it should be. Just look at the communities, people. These gifted businessmen, pastors, are just good at juggling balls and making you feel good and making you feel loved and all of that. And they keep the business going because they want the money to keep coming in. I mean, anybody with their eyes open can see this. Most of these churches are dead as four o'clock in the morning, dead as they can be. Not effective, not helping the people, no power, no anointing, a bunch of programs that they think are going to interest people even in the plague and they don't. We're going to do this on Monday. We're going to do this on Tuesday. We're going to do this on Wednesday. We're going to do this on Thursday. We, we're going to let women preach and be the pastor for a while. And we're going to uh, do this on Friday. And then we're going to do this on Saturday. The church has got something going on uh, all week long. But nobody comes to prayer meeting where there's just prayer and the reading of the Bible. That's your true church anyway, those who come to the prayer meeting. Not those who come for a comedian or for a well-known gospel singer or secular singer. Or a carnival of dumping the pastor and other such foolishness. So can you open the door immediately? The Bible uses the word immediately, uh, in a hurry, quickly. Will God find you so doing, or are you just a hypocrite, a phony, a fake, doing your evil behind the church doors and behind the scenes? I tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good. It will be blessed for those servants whose master, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose master finds them ready. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready for the Lord to return? as you are right now? Are you looking for the second coming of Christ? Even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night, are you ready? If we are to wait expectantly for our Lord's return, doing so will result in the reward of blessedness. The nature of that reward is absolutely astounding. Those servants who are found waiting for the master, are you doing that? Are you watching and waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that you pray 
without ceasing. You are carrying out your duties like the faithful Queen Elizabeth II. Do you have that kind? Are you? Do you have that kind of faithfulness? Uh, are you characterized by doing your duty no matter what, whether family members and friends uh, turn against you? You you march on for the Lord, and you do what you're called to do. Those servants who are found waiting for the master will be blessed by the master serving them. My understanding is that behind this figurative speech is a literal meaning. When he comes again, the master will serve his servants. And, and this is not far-fetched. Have you noticed that the queen, from the time she made her first vows as the queen, she didn't want the people to serve her. She said, my job is to serve you and I will be faithful at that. The king, Charles III, followed her in that and said that. <coughs> That he's not there to be served, he is there to serve and make things better for the people. So this is not far-fetched. This is what kings do. Good kings do. Is this not amazing? To us, such an act seems inconsistent with his role at his second coming. King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace. Serving seems to be a contradiction to leading, to act a servant inconsistent with being the master. Some of us who are saved and born again are going to be shocked and put to shame when we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, willing to serve us. Pardon me, and we deserve hell. I believe that we're going to be speechless for the first thousand years. But that's what good kings do. He, he preached about it when he was here. He told us. Let your uh, leaders be your servants. The following observations may help us resolve our dilemma. Isn't this another tension of the text? Number one, serving is an honorable task. Let's get that through your head tonight my brothers and my sisters in Christ. No, no, uh, our super pastors, you're not a servant leader. You're not a leader. You're not a church leader. You are a servant. And sad to say, we have queens and kings who understand that better than pastors and priests today. They, they somehow... Queen Elizabeth, 
and she she passed it on to her son King Charles the third who I am not for and I think he's gonna have a rough reign because of the evil that he has done but be that as it may they have it somewhere in the the the, the records they have it somewhere implanted in their minds and spirits and hearts that the king the ruler the queen should be servants no doubt they got that from Jesus Christ originally but if you remember and if you recall the queen said that over and over and over again and said it sincerely that I am here to serve you when she has all the power in the world I'm going to commit myself to my duty of serving God and you and she never forgot God she went to church faithfully and she said her prayers got her through many things I believe the Queen was saved because she acted like a saved person you can't manage all of that and do all of that and handle all of that and the family break down stuff as coolly and as calmly as she did without knowing God without believing in Jesus Christ without praying to God and giving God the praise and the glory and the honor allow me again to share with you her favorite hymn allow me to share with you her favorite hymn It's a very interesting hymn, but says a lot about her. The words matter. And I believe the queen was ready to go. I believe that she has been ready to go at any time because she had that thing about a written in her heart it seems to me that she needs to be faithful to the Lord and do her duty no matter what is going on to God and to the people and God wants all of us to be that way until he comes or until you go because you can meet God face to face either way with him coming Jesus Christ coming in the rapture in the second coming or if you would allow me you could be coming to heaven or going to heaven uh, even tonight please understand my dear friend that you can go into Walmart tonight alive and well and come out dead 
you can uh, go into Target tonight, as some folks did in Oregon, of all places. I've been out to Oregon. I thought living in Oregon would be a wonderful place to live. But they went into the grocery store and came out dead. <clears throat> you can go into a hospital and not die of a disease, but die of some jealous man, uh, envy, uh, a man who is jealous for his wife, killing his wife and the doctor that she's been with. And you can die of a gunshot wound in the hospital today. This has happened. You can die driving down the road. Somebody gets angry with you. Somebody gets angry with you. Because you made a mistake and pulled in front of them. You can be 75 years old, they'll blow your brains out or kill your child. All of this happens every day around here in this country, the most violent country in the world, the great America. But allow me to share with you once again Queen Elizabeth's uh, favorite hymn, one of her favorite hymns. To show you the state of her heart. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet your tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise the everlasting King. She knew who the real monarch was. And she knew it wasn't her. What humility and grace. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. In the passage, we see how that those who are faithful, and you need to understand this concept because some serious false teaching has come into the church over the past 40, 50 years that you can just do what you want to do and call yourself a Christian and think God is going to bless you. That is as foreign from the scriptures than the East is from the West. It doesn't work that way, my friend. Do you hear me? I don't know where you got that from other than hell. It doesn't work. Not, not in God's economy. It doesn't work that way. God does not bless sin and foolishness and mess. He, 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 he can't do that. He's not going to do that. He's never done that. Father-like, he tends and spares us. Well, our feeble frame, he knows. In his hand he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia. Widely yet his mercy flows. Now listen to this one. Angels, help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. 
sun and moon bow down before him, dwellers all in time and space. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise with us the God of grace. You see, when you're born again and you're saved, you love the old hymns. You love the words of those hymns. They mean a lot. When her husband died, she said, the word of God in prayer got her through. She sat there by herself. Because that, that's what queens do. She did not lean on anybody. She did not have a son or a grandson to sit beside her or a daughter or daughter-in-law or granddaughter. She dressed in black in the coronavirus plague. And for the first time I saw the queen choke up a little bit. Just a little. She almost got through it, but she said, "Sometimes it hits you, and you 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 can't you can't stop it." Even the queen choked up. They have been married what seventy years or something like that. See, and that says a lot about her Christianity, contrary to what you people think. You folks who call yourself Christians and you get tired of your first marriage and your second marriage and third marriage and go marry somebody else and you think you're a great Christian. I already, I've already rebuked Charles III, King Charles III about this foolishness. And so he is not his mother and, and will not be great like his mother because he's living in adultery. See, you must understand, people, that some people say, well, what, uh, we ought to just forgive people, and uh, God will forgive people of their adultery and, and adultery, living in, re and, and living in sin, uh, 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 living in adultery. See, my beloved, God, God, if you're saved, he'll forgive you of all sins. But there's a problem here. You're still sinning. See, that, 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 that's what you're not getting about what Jesus Christ said. You, you are living in adultery. You, you didn't give the woman, uh, the husband, back his wife. You took his wife. And you uh, are still married to her. Remarried. Charles. The third. That, that, that's a problem. Technically, that is a problem. And more than that, it is a problem. That's why he, Jesus said it. He wanted to put a stop on to all of this divorce and remarriage foolishness. And God hates divorce. Jesus edited Moses on that. In the beginning, it was not so, see. And, and one of the reasons why God hates divorce and God hates 
marriage and remarriage and all, I mean uh, hates uh, remarriage divorce and remarriage she loves marriage that's a beautiful thing is because of all of the children involved on both sides you have broken the hearts of those children and God does not as the old saints used to say somebody told them to say it I don't know. God does not like ugly. And he does not like your messing over children. <laughs> you can believe that. Okay. But he does not like you not keeping your word to him either. Someone said that the queen took her vows seriously. She was 20 something odd years old. And she kept those vows. Now I don't know where this character come came from I don't know if Dr. Billy Graham led her to the Lord I don't know what happened I don't know but it came from somewhere all I'm saying is she did the job of a true monarch because she set a good example of how you ought to live your life She did. She did it. She did that. Was she perfect? Was she sinless? Nope. But you can, you can, instead of complaining about her and talking about her behind her back, she's dead now. Um, you can learn. Yeah. Are you living your life that way? Huh? Huh? No scandals. Other than her, her offspring. I mean, that's, you know. That comes with the territory. No scandals in her personal life. Never a scandal. None of that. She stayed with her husband and enjoyed her marriage. Not because it was always perfect, but because she chose to. She understood what Joyce Myers tells women all across the country and around the globe, and men can learn from it too. If you are a child of God, if you are born again, enjoy everyday life. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, yes, even enjoy washing dishes. Enjoy uh, keeping the house clean, not getting the house clean, but keeping it clean. Uh, that's, that's what has made Joyce Meyer so significant. She's dealing with the bread and butter issues that make... Marriage is better, families better, the community better, society better, the nation better, and the world better. And if we had more preachers doing that, then the world would be a better place. And so, my dear friends, with that, I'm going to close on that first point. And by the grace of God, we'll pick up next week around the same time. If the Lord tarries his coming... And if we live, and if I'm healthy, by the grace of God, you know, um, I want to encourage you, if you're a child of God, to make up your mind that you're going to be faithful until he comes, and that you will be found so doing, shall we pray. 
Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for this reminder tonight regarding your second coming, this reminder tonight that we should live our lives faithfully and obediently so that when you come, we can open the door immediately. Grant us your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to love you back because you first loved us. To show our love to you by being obedient to you, for you said, if you love me, keep my commandments until we die or until you, you uh, come. Help us to be that way. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray for the salvation of the lost. Grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to proclaim your holy gospel. Open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, on this Saturday night, I know some of you are planning to go to Applebee's, go to a movie. Some of you are planning to go to the club and jam, jam, boogie, boogie, and let the good times roll. I know some of you live for the weekend and you don't want anybody to crimp your style. I understand that, but I have to preach to you the holy gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to die tonight, where would you go? Heaven or hell? That's the bottom line question. If you're not sure, you need to listen. If you are sure you would go to heaven and you are a born-again Christian, <clears throat> you need to pray. If you know that you're not saved, you need to listen. If you want to be saved from the eternal burning hell, first, dear friend, you need to accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have done evil repeatedly in God's sight. You have broken his laws, for the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all failed God. We have all done evil in God's sight repeatedly. And so therefore we're on the way to hell. For the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. 
the reason why we're living in a world of woe and murder and killing and dying is because of our sins. <clears throat> Sin destroys everything. We have sinned in multiple ways. We have broken the Ten Commandments, lying, stealing, lusting and coveting after people and things throughout our lives repeatedly, dishonoring, disrespecting, and disobeying our parents. Disobeying God by taking his name in vain. We have sinned grievously in God's sight. And I just named a few of the sins. I didn't mention adultery and fornication, having sex outside of marriage, having sex with married people who are married to other people committing the abomination and sin of homosexuality of any kind. Doesn't matter whether or not you're an L or G or B or T or Q. All of it is sin in God's sight and an abomination. And the Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. We die because of our sin. No matter what it is. No matter if you think it's small in your sight or not. We die because of our sins. Our bodies go to a grave. But we will immediately go to that awful place called hell. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth. If you do not believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he will allow you to also go to hell, to suffer and to be tormented throughout eternity. And hell is a real place. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ said in one of his sermons, Mark 9, 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It, it is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye 
than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And also, dear friends, the Bible states very clearly in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, and tells us some people who will go to hell or the lake of fire. The Bible says, but the fearful and uh, unbelieving, the so-called atheists and agnostics, the people who are too afraid to get saved because of family members and friends. They, they love to be in the in-group more than uh, to do right by God. And the abominable, these are people who commit abominations. These are sins that are beyond the pale that even wicked sinners like the rest of us who don't do these things won't even think to do these things that we can't stand for people to do them in our communities and they must be punished. Abominations such as homosexuality, one stinking man with another stinking man, one woman with another woman, trying to have sex together and they don't even have the equipment to do so. Uh, calling uh, a man a husband and you're a man. Calling a woman a wife and you're uh, a w woman yourself. And all of that foolishness. Trying to change uh, yourself from what God made you is an abomination in God's sight. People who do abominable things such as men who lust after little children, men who look at pornography and have children on their computers, babies, that's an abomination in God's sight. And women who do the same <clears throat> and who try to molest children and try to steal children so that they can uh, consume them by their demonic lust. Child molesters, child rapists, beyond the pale. And then uh, the abomination of a mother who tries to have sex with her own son. Oh, I know this makes you feel uncomfortable, but, but you're doing it and it's going on in your neighborhood. This includes stepfathers and stepmothers, a father who is attracted to his own daughter and tries to have sex with his own daughter. Stepfathers and stepmothers doing the same lying to themselves and deceiving themselves by saying, well, she's not my flesh and blood, he's not my flesh and blood, but you're married in God's sight, and God forbids it. Or a brother raping his own sister, or a sister raping her own brother, flesh and blood,
That's beyond the pale. That is what we call disgusting. The abominable people. And then these people who try to have sex with animals. Trying to have sex with their dog or their cat or a monkey. These are all documented things that people have done. God, and I find this amazing, God in his word, way back, he knew that people are so sinful and wicked that they would try to do these things. And he put it in his word and told the whole world not to do that. It is beyond a sin. It's beyond the pale. It is an abomination in God's sight. And so he's referring to the abominable people who do these things. Some who think they're going to get away with it. But they won't. Murderers. People who kill other people. And that's happening across this country like never before. And whoremongers. These are the heterosexual sinners. They have no desire for man on man and woman on woman. But they love to commit adultery and fornication with the opposite sex. Whoremongers. Men are normally referred to as whoremongers. Women are normally referred to as whores. Uh, people who have sex with people that they're not married to. Sorcerers. People who practice witchcraft and voodoo. One lady said in the news today that witchcraft is on the rise like never before. And uh, uh, she, she's a witch herself. And she said it's on the rise. Idolaters, and I'm just reading straight from the Bible, people who worship other people and things, but not God. It is said that Queen Elizabeth, uh, she may be an icon, but she's not an idol. And we should not be looking at her like that. And she wouldn't want that. And then the Bible says, all liars, all liars, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. If God did not get you on the other ones, he got you on the lying. For the Bible says you came out of the womb telling lies, and that is so true. Now this is the bad news. You're on your way to a devil's hell into the lake of fire to be tormented forever and ever for your sins. Now I have some good news for you. Straight from Jesus Christ who preached the gospel first and best. When he said in John 3.16 the most important words ever said in the history of the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish that is perish in hell but have everlasting life so dear friend 
to get saved from hell in the lake of fire. <clears throat> you've already committed many of the sins that I mentioned tonight. You're already guilty and you're already on your way to hell. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself. Joining a church will not save you. Getting baptized will not save you. Preaching, singing in the choir will not save you. Giving money to the church will not save you. Getting baptized will not save you. None of those things will save you. You don't have enough time to work your, uh, to try to get salvation. You'll be dead. Uh, that is on your own. You don't have enough money to pay for it. Nor does uh, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, combined together, they don't have enough money to pay for God's salvation. Jesus Christ did it all for you and for me, and he paid it all. He paid off our sin debt. And all you have to do to get saved is to believe in him, trust in him, depend upon him, have faith in him, call on his name. For the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. You cannot work your way to heaven. You can't pay your way to heaven. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, and pray and ask him to save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. Right now, I'm going to lead you in the sinner's prayer <clears throat> to salvation if you want to get saved. Do not pray the prayer if you're not sincere. God is not going to make you get saved, and I can't make you. It is your choice. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, believing in your heart. And none other, none other but the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead on the third day, and who is now sitting at the right hand of God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner. that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. I understand that I deserve to go to hell for my sins and transgressions and trespasses. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ.
who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to turn from my evil ways. Help me to repent of my sins. And help me to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me, and you meant it from your heart in sincerity, then according to the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell and saved to heaven. May I say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now to help uh, you grow in the faith, please go to Gospel Light Society International, uh, uh, gospellightsociety.com, and uh, tap on the book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. For Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And it will give you the next steps of what you should do as a Christian to help you grow in the faith, to become a strong disciple of Christ. There's another book that you can tap uh, that will help you too, to help you understand the salvation of, uh, of what you just did, titled How to Be Saved from Hell Straight from the Bible. That will solidify what you did tonight. And then you can read the other book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. That will give you the next steps of what you ought to do as a Christian. Also, email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. And uh, let us know that you got saved. And if you have prayer requests... You're going through some difficulties in life, then uh, you can give us your prayer request and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved. If the Lord tarries, is coming and we live. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And then later tomorrow evening. Let's listen to I'll Fly Away right after I pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for what you have done here tonight. Thank you for the privilege that it is to serve you. 
And Lord, help us to be faithful to you and ready for your coming or ready for our death when you call us home. No matter what is happening in the world, help us not to fall away uh, and uh, fall into the ditch and get into a position where we can't even get up. Help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore in perfect peace. And help us to walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, I'll fly away.